April is Alcohol Responsibility Month. Empower kids to say yes to a healthy lifestyle and no to underage drinking. A message from... It's important to have conversations with your kids that emphasize healthy living and saying no to underage drinking. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello everybody and welcome back. Thank you very much for joining me. My name is Deborah Hatswell and you're listening to BBR Investigations. Paranormal families, supernatural DNA and it was so bad the family was rehoused. If you're a regular listener you will know lots of strange things happen around me and I've questioned several hundred times if it's just me. I think many of you out there do the same. I am convinced serendipity has been at play so many times in my life. But where do I start this week? I often explain these events when I chat with you guys, but what I have to share today is very personal and includes several members of my extended family. As you know, I spent many decades trying to prove that unexplained events happen in family lines. Over the years, as I've spoken with witnesses to the paranormal and otherworldly events, I've been able to see many of them have parents and grandparents, children and grandchildren who also have the same experiences. Then many of us watch our own children as they too have their own unusual encounters. In some family groups, it's so prevalent that it's become the norm. It was like that for me growing up. I knew my parents and grandparents saw spirit because they'd talk about it. I'm always in a hushed tone and never raised outside of the family. My grandmother was one of nine children and I knew very little about her parents or her siblings, cousins, nieces, nephews. I knew statistically they were out there, scattered across the UK and the globe. And as I got older, I wondered more and more if it was just me that had to put up with the impossible events that I'd witnessed. In 2020, myself and my husband did DNA tests and now, not really for that reason, but just to see where in the world my ancestry was from. It was fun finding the answer and following the family lines back as far as I could get. Then, when I had all the answers, I went on to other projects as you do. You know, moving home, starting my own business, navigating life in general became the main focus. And then just last week, out of the blue, I was contacted by a chap called Nathan, which is a family name. And he asked if I knew a lady named Lily, who was his great aunt. And I replied that I did, she was my nan. And myself and Nathan were related and we were third generation cousins. We chatted in messengers while we confirmed we'd found the right Lily and he had. My nan and Nathan's grandfather were siblings. 
My nan was the youngest child in the family. And as there are generations of Nathans going back a very long way, the E's, my nan's brother, we will call Nathaniel. And in the next generation, we have Nat. He's my mum's generation. And in my generation, we have Nathan. And of course, all of the other cousins and family members that branch off from Nat. Nathan, slightly younger than me, he explained that there was a chat box with lots of the family in there who did want to speak to me and I jumped right in. It was awesome seeing all of the people who had the same DNA as me and we swapped family stories of each of us knew a small part about our parents and grandparents and we were able to fill in lots of gaps for each other. And then the question appeared, what do you do for a living, Deb? And I explained that I was a paranormal investigator who collected witness reports, logged them, and then I shared them with others. My main aim being like no one should feel isolated or ashamed of the events that happen as we have no control of them. And then I waited for the obligatory silence that usually comes when I explain what my job is. But to my surprise, the complete opposite happened. Nat personally messaged me and he told me he looked at my podcast and he realised we both had very similar supernatural experiences. I was absolutely overjoyed. Not only have I found long lost family, it would seem for each of them, it has been a lifetime of events that they struggle to explain. Here are some of those stories, and after I've read them, I will tell you about a strange case of my great uncle who haunted a family until they had to move. And how an experience of Nat's was a case I worked on only weeks beforehand and involves one of my investigators, Billy, who was attacked by a ghost in a hotel room. It's a good job I've got the messages to prove this because nobody would believe it. But for now, let me fill you in on some of the details. Little did I know, but my family members have been just around the corner from me this whole time. Many of them live in the town I lived in. And when I moved home recently, I moved even closer to them. I was explaining where I live. And my cousin said, Uncle Nat, you'll have to tell Deb about our grandma's flat being haunted and the lights that were seen. We should get our other cousins on here as they've all got ghost stories as well in their houses. Especially that house in Cottingham. Do you remember when a friend was sleeping in the spare room and he came running out in the middle of the night crying and went home? Nat explained to me that there were some strange events around his home that were really intriguing and he said, my sister saw the veranda on the flat light up for no reason one night. It just lit up. And on another occasion, my mum went to bed and she realised that she'd left her cigs in the lounge. She got up and went back into the lounge to get them. I heard her as she came running back out of the room and went straight into bed. The next morning, I asked her why she'd run out like that and she said when she went to switch the light on, the room was already lit up as bright as day, but the electric light wasn't on. Then, lastly, Deb, I'm a musician. I play in a trio. One night, years ago, I was returning from a gig in Yorkshire. I got back to the flat in the early hours of the morning. When I looked up at the flat, the lounge was lit up. So I assumed my mum was still up. But when I walked in, the whole place was in darkness. And my mum was fast asleep. And there were no lights on. Now, Nat's my mum's cousin. Nathan's my generation. 
um, and he's Nat's son, obviously, and he shared with me an experience that happened to him many years ago now when he lived in South London, and Nathan said, I had a flat in London that I recently sold. When we lived there, there were a few occasions where I had weird things happen at the property. For example, when I was getting out of the shower, I felt a sharp blast of air blowing on my leg, and I'd turn around to see the towel blowing in the wind, and that was impossible, as there were no windows open, and it was a tiny bathroom. There was no draught that could come in from anywhere. The next week, I came home from work late. It was about 1am. I was cleaning up and putting the dry glasses away, when in the corner of my eye, I saw one of the glasses move. I thought there must have been some moisture in the glass causing it to do that, so I dried it well, I put it back and I carried on. And again, the glass moved towards me. I checked and it happened again. The glass was bone dry, the shelf was bone dry, so I put it back on the shelf for the third time, I turned away and I heard it move again. I looked at the glass and said, do that again. And the glass moved forwards towards me. I rang my dad, Nat, whose advice was, don't tell anyone, sell up and get the hell out of there. A few weeks later, my partner moved in with me and I told her about the weird things that were happening in my flat in the previous weeks. We were chatting in bed about Arthur C. Clarke of all people when we heard something metal fall into the laminate floor in and bounce. The next morning we were heading off to Devon and looked in the hallway and I found a tiny brass horseshoe on the floor. I'd been decorating the flat that week and there was nothing on the walls it could have fallen from as I'd just been painting. So the horseshoe had seemingly fallen out of thin air. I asked my partner if it was hers and she said no, it wasn't. I can't work out what happened with the horseshoe, there's nowhere it could have fallen from and it wasn't possible that somebody put it through the letterbox as the door was around a bend from where I found it. Anyway, I put the horseshoe on the wall and we went on our trip to Devon, first stop being Boscastle, now there's a witch museum at Boscastle and it's the Museum of Witchcraft and Magic. When we walked inside the museum there were hundreds these mini brass horseshoes hanging up everywhere. I thought, that's weird. So when we got back from Devon, I emailed the museum, I sent them a photo of my mini brass horseshoe and I asked them if they'd ever had any stories of apparating brass horseshoes and they said no, but they'd make a note and put it in their records and they did say that the horseshoe was a symbol of good luck. Here's a photograph of the two horseshoes, you can see them. The one that appeared in the flat is a small one in the bottom left corner and the bigger image shows some of the mini horseshoes in the museum. After that, I used to joke with my partner and I'd throw it in the bathroom when she was getting ready. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Leftovers. Or... The DMV. Number 97. Or... House cleaning. Or... Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And she'd say, stop it. I know it's you. And she'd scream. And one day she picked it up and snapped it into three pieces. We moved to Sydney not long after that. And we lost, you know, you just kind of lose them in the move, don't you? But we have three kids. So I'm taking it as representing them as my lucky charms. I told my next door neighbour Mary about it and I asked if she'd ever felt anything in her flat and she said she did used to hear voices but she always told herself it was the neighbours. But then the next week I saw Mary in the street she looked really ill and I asked her if she was okay and she joked, you've not seen a ghost of you? And she said, yeah, I have. And it was much worse than yours. She explained that she felt something grab her wrists when she was shopping and yanked them down. And she instantly thought of her ex-fiancé, Brian, who she almost married 30-odd years ago. Then, when she got home, it happened again. Something grabbed her wrists and yanked them down. And again, she thought of Brian. And this time, Brian's mum came to mind. Anyway, by some miracle, she still had Brian's phone number. She thought it was Brian's dead mum trying to contact her. So she went to see Brian and he still had the engagement ring from all those years ago. It was like Brian's mum was telling her to go back and get in touch with him. I moved to Sydney that week for two years, but when I was out there, I wondered what happened to Mary and Brian. So on my return, I asked her, you know, what happened to you and Brian? Did you get back together? And she answered, nah, he'd bloody aged. After all that, nothing came of it. Clearly something wanted Nathan's attention when it moved the glasses or, you know, throw horseshoes in his way. And it was the same for Mary. What or who yanked at her arms? That's quite forceful. It'd take a lot of energy to do that. And was anyone else in the block experiencing strange events? I wonder if we have a case of two people sensitive to spirit who've laid next door to each other. You know, together their experiences ramp up. Or was Nathan's presence able to open a portal, a gateway of some kind? Is he the catalyst? Mary, for a short time, tuned into that, possibly, enabling Brian's mum to come through? Or is it mere coincidence? What do you think? My mum's cousin then joined the conversation and said, Hi Deb, my daughter's coming tomorrow. She has quite a few experiences with haunted houses. So is her own daughter. I'm going to ask her to speak to you. I think she has a guardian angel looking after her. I've thought that ever since she was a small child. She used to say that she wakes up with someone stroking her forehead. 
then on moving house three times, whatever strokes her has followed her. It happened so much, she just takes it for normal now. Hopefully, I'll get her to tell you some stories of the ghost that lived in her last house. She put it down to that, that the house was, you know, just built, built on top of a cemetery. She said she lived about three quarters of an hour away from me, and on a few occasions she'd call me to go and stay at the house with her. I myself have never, thank God, seen a ghost. But one thing that I have had in the past is a very strong premonition that I have to respond to. And I'm glad that I did. It looks like we all come from a family of psychics. Thankfully, it's the 21st century Deb, and not the 15th and 16th. We'd have been burnt as witches. My very first memory of something supernatural or paranormal was being in my cot. And I was terrified of the things that I was seeing. And something, someone stroked my head. And that someone was there on other occasions and trying to teach me how to not be scared of the things I was experiencing around me. Is it the same someone that also, you know, makes sure that my great cousin is also okay, doing well, looking after her? Nice to think that it would be, isn't it? Hearing all of these stories from my cousins, very validating for me. You know, I found my mum after I chatted with them and I told her. I said, I'm not the only one in the family who's experiencing these things. And knowing it, it's bloody freeing for me. My mum rarely speaks about her paranormal experiences and it's rare for us to share them. But something triggered a memory and she said, I remember years and years ago, Deb, when I was a government officer. I had to rehouse a family due to the constant haunting happening to a child each night in the room, meaning she was terrified and the parents begged to be moved. Of course, we moved the family and the home needed to be checked before any other family were given the keys. So there was an informal investigation and it was shocking as it was where your Auntie Dee grew up. Now, my mum didn't go into any detail, but she did explain that the house was where her uncle and his family had grown up and he wasn't the kindest man when he was alive. And it seemed even in death, he was still a cantankerous bugger. I wonder if he's still haunting there. Remind me to ask my mum for the address. Now, of course, this information was shared with my cousins. And again, I was astounded by a huge dose of serendipity. I am sure my regular listeners will know the story I recently shared from a chap named Billy who encountered his spirit in his hotel room not so long ago in Bolton. Billy had to come down here and pick up a car. He had an encounter that he found quite upsetting rather than frightening. He woke up and there was a young lady in the bed next to him who panicked and it hit out at him. After it happened, he tried to find information from the local paranormal team in Bolton. This team bought their kit at you know, teamego.com because they were very dismissive of Billy's account. They suggested he see a doctor as he was probably suffering a nightmare and they kindly bowed out without asking any further questions. Thankfully, the universe pointed him in my direction and I did ask him some questions and we were able to track down the newspaper article for the female I believe that he's still haunting the hotel room. But as I say, this was a case I worked on just before Christmas 2022. 
I didn't share this with my cousins when it happened, as I didn't know them, and it didn't come up in conversation. And at the point this was mentioned, only Nat knew about my podcast and my cases. Chatting together, I asked if we could meet up, as I'd love to know more about his experiences with the supernatural. And he said, we had a weird experience a few months back, Deb, when my daughter's car needed to be picked up by the mechanic. My daughter's car had a garage in Bristol, so the garage sent someone up on the train. But because of railway delays, he arrived late and they booked him into travel lodge in Bolton. He said he got into bed and he wasn't sleeping. Next, he felt the arm next to him in bed. And it was a woman next to him. They started tussling with each other and she leapt out of bed and vanished. She was a ghost. And all I can think of, Deb, is that hotel is situated near Shifnal Street, which is a red light district. You know, she could have been a working girl who came to a sticky end and he's haunting the hotel. A few days later, the mechanic texted my daughter saying he'd found something about the hotel on the internet. I was so shocked at how my cases were intertwined with my cousins. I did manage to find the last, and sadly the young lady had died at the hotel after a medical condition, and there were no suspicious circumstances involved. I wonder if both she and Billy kind of collided, you know, like their realities intertwined that night. I've got to give Billy some kudos here. Most folk would have run screaming from the room. He did not. He sat on the bed and he apologised to her and he told her it was safe to come back. I checked in with Nat's daughter and she confirmed Billy's story. So I was able to share this with him. Billy will be joining me on my next live feed Tuesday the 11th of April. So if you've got any questions, pop them in the comment section and I can cover them when we're live on air. I think the connection to my witness, Billy, is startling. I knew the day I met him, he was special. He's dreams things and they become true. But he's also a person who goes out of his way to help others, regardless of how little he may have himself. We need more Billys in this world. We need more discussions with our family and friends to show, you know, it's okay to share. If you see something you cannot explain, you may not know that the generations of your family folk have also seen them. Is it in our bloodlines? What is different about my family or the other thousands of families out there with a similar history? Why do we have continuing events like this? The only thing I can answer for certain is that more of these things will happen in my life and in the life of my family. Well, that's okay. Like you guys, I'm not alone in this. It would seem that thousands of my ancestors are walking close behind me. I'll bring you both updates on this. And if my cousins reveal any more, I will definitely ask them if I could share them. One of my cousins mentioned a friend who ran from their house after a sleepover. And in another case, I explained that my, you know, great relative haunted a family home. This reminded me of some of the cases I've come across over the years where people are terrified by things that happen to them. One's from a family who fled their home. And the second is a tale of a terrible demonic scratches. And in the third, we hear from a family whose father was confronted by a German soldier after returning home from war. In July of 2022, a family who lived in Teesside shared that they had to flee their home 
in the middle of the night following a series of very vicious paranormal activity. Lauren Roth began renting a house in Trimden Avenue, Acklam, last November, but she soon noticed abnormal things were beginning to happen. The house, which is close to the Bluebell Beck, was perfect for Lauren and her family when she first moved into the house. But over time, things began to happen at the home that could not be explained. And this included Miss Ross began to get bruises on her body that came out of nowhere. Lights in the house would turn on suddenly and then go off repeatedly. And her son would wake up screaming in the middle of the night. She and her husband Stephen, along with their two children, Arabella and Caleb, only lasted seven months in the home before being driven out by these nightly events. In the final weekend of June 2022, the family hit breaking point when six-year-old Caleb started screaming in the middle of the night after seeing someone in his room. Lauren said she believes in spiritual things, so when weird stuff began to happen, it started a month into their tenancy and she noticed it, and she noticed that things were just not right with the house. She said, he got to the point when my young son would be in his room and he'd be talking to somebody. Before we moved here, both kids used to sleep all night long with no problems at all. Now it's different. There'd been times when my son would wake up and he'd stand at the top of the stairs just staring into space. Miss Ross felt very worried that her son was having to suffer this and he was also telling her that someone was in his bedroom and four-year-old Arabella said that she saw a cat in her room and she woke up with scratch marks. Lauren added, items are getting moved around in the house, things are being thrown down the stairs. And one time, we saw something during the night. Miss Ross also said there was one occasion where she felt that she'd been choked. Miss Ross said the whole saga was traumatising and it left her calling in northeast paranormal investigators to try and work out what was going on. It's strange that when they were here, the lights turned off again. And when the paranormal investigators said, if you want us to go and leave the property now, turn the light on. And they did just that. Miss Ross also said one medium told her to recite the Lord's Prayer and burn some sage. Since the family has now moved home, Miss Ross said that all the abnormal activity has stopped, including her son Caleb sleepwalking. She said, I believe in the paranormal to a point. You see it in movies, but you don't think it's going to happen to you. We literally had to get up and move. We had no other choice. My son's still wearer. He can't go upstairs on his own because he thinks that something's still there. If I'd have been aware of this case when it was happening, I wouldn't have fobbed Lauren off with a bit of smudging. The child is seeing things because he can. I think Lauren herself may have had some strange experiences if you read between the lines. I would have advised her to do what she'd do if she found a kidnapper in a son's room. Whatever it is, that scaring that child is a coward. Standing up to it, forcing it to leave the house, is something I would have helped her with. Think about it. It went for the smallest and weakest in the house. That tells me it has no real power. But for a child to be confronted by that, no wonder they were terrified. I know exactly what that feels like. I wonder if any families who've moved into the home in the intervening years have had any paranormal activity 
I have actually reached out um, to Lauren and if she gets back in touch with me, I'll definitely let you know. I did some research myself, wanted to know what was on the land and I discovered that a few short steps across the Bluebell Beck, there's a strange case of Lackham Hall, which is very close to the home Lauren fled from. It is literally a stone's throw away. And it said the hall is haunted by a lady in grey, believed to be the coast of Charlotte Hustler. Her apparition has been said to have appeared on many occasions over the years. Over many decades, witnesses have reported seeing her. And it's, it's said that she appears on one of the hall staircases before fading away before their very eyes. It's said that Charlotte died during childbirth in the grade one listed building during the 1800s. Many children feared entering the building, which was previously a school, having heard many ghost stories whilst it stood empty. It's said that one of the caretakers dogs refused to enter the hall after one terrifying event in the library. The dog fled the room and never returned to the hall. Female members of staff have reported their hair being stroked or a ghostly hand touching them. One staff member speaks of a looming apparition that came quickly towards her as you can see from the map on the screen now, this family are not the only people to experience hauntings in this area. There's an inn close by. It's been known by many names throughout its history. Now it's called Swatter's Car. They think the name Swatter's Car was possibly taken from a farmhouse that was on the site in the 17th century. People at the inn say the sound of crashes and loud bangs are frequently heard coming from upstairs when there's no one up there. Staff have also heard loud growls and snarling noises in the air when they have to venture alone upstairs. I don't know what's going on in that area. I'm not really sure, but I'd love to get myself up there and see if I can get a feel of things. If I can swing it, I'll do it this year and I'll go live from the area and I'll let you watch it. And now we go to my hometown in Salford. Not one of my relatives this time but a case sent to me by one of my regular listeners to the show. It takes place in an area where I have relatives. I grew up on the Pennine Fault, and one of the areas there is called Earlham's at Height, and it was right at the tip of the fault line. The land drops away dramatically, downhill in both directions. In fact, my first home as an adult was on height. I love living there, but I did have some weird experiences there, so the memories now are a bit tainted. But our listener said to me, my experience happened in 1988, Deb, when I was living as a student in Salford. I was in my final year at uni, I was 22 then. My housemate Jim invited me to a night out in Manchester, just a few miles away from our student gigs on Earlham's of the Eight. Jim said there was a midnight viewing of The Exorcist at the cinema, and I reluctantly agreed to go. The film was a little bit scary as I expected, but I got through it and I got home in the early hours, probably about 3am. By that time I was just feeling tired. I didn't really remember much of the night, to be honest. I think I went straight to bed. It was the next day the strangeness occurred. I got up as usual and had my shower. And it was then I realised something must have happened to me. As I hit water hit my back, I felt a very strong stinging sensation. I finished my shower and as I dried myself, I looked at my back in the mirror and to my horror, I saw three long parallel bleeding stretches going down my back. 
I remember thinking how on absolute earth have I done that. I had no recollection of doing it to myself. And not really anyway, I could have drawn blood by just scratching a bit of an itch in the night. Being young and naive, I just didn't really pay much attention to him. And I just said, oh, well, I got dressed and I forgot all about it. It was only a year later. I got a chill when I read in a book that scratch marks that suddenly occur can possibly be the sign of spirit possession or a spirit attack. Memories flooded back and I went a little bit cold. Only because it was Halloween when it happened and we'd just gone to see a midnight viewing of The Exorcist. Did I invite this as those scratches were bleeding? They bleed hurt and they were real. It must be really scary to wake up with scratches. Yeah. Like Lauren um, at Teesside, she'd wake up with bruises. The kid said that she'd been scratched. He's like a negative being, just drawn his hand down his spine. You know, or a spiteful banshee who'll scare you for life with the talons. Speaking with my cousins, many of them had war stories to tell. The war had a huge impact on not just my family, but on our neighbours and the town I lived in. As it's an inland port, there were many bombings. I remember playing in the bombed out houses as a kid. Entire streets were flat and derelict. They'd be filled with ordinary objects you'd see in life. You'd find flattened houses with toys buried for over 20 years, bullets and the odd incendiary. Coming home from war was hard for men. They witnessed so many horrors. Back then, there was no recognition of PTSD. They were labelled shell shots, or they were bad with their nerves. None of us know what they witnessed, what played through their heads daily. My grandparents were born in 1920s. They went through a lot. They were conscripted and forced to war. Many signed up as young as 14 due to the depression and lack of wages back home. I've got relatives who fought in the Spanish War, World War II, World War I, even the troubles in Ireland. It makes me so sad to see the promise of the men before they're sent, happy, with lives, new families of their own, and then they returned, demobbed, ignored, passed over. There was no help for them or their families. When my grandfather returned from war, he bought a handcart and set about making his own business because he said he would never take another order from any man for the rest of his days. Our last story is very moving and will shed some light on what it was like for those men. One of our regular listeners shared one of her experiences with me many months ago now. She explained an event that happened to her father's family when they moved into a new home. She said, the experience I want to share is very strange and it was related to me by my late father, but it involved my granddad, my grandmother, aunt and uncle. My father was born in 1931 and he was one of 14 kids. This incident occurred before he was born in the early 1920s. My granddad had survived the Battle of the Somme, but he was also injured by shrapnel and he returned home with war wounds. There was no help for the men coming home. He had to find work regardless of this. And when he returned from the First World War, so he could become a window cleaner, he got settled in Stratford near the Bridgewater Canal. My grandparents lived in a terrace house with two kids at this point, Ken, age five, and Joyce, age four. 
Every night, the kids was rushed downstairs, claiming the wardrobe doors were opening and closing on their own. And they screamed down the stairs, and the next-door neighbour would hammer on the wall due to the noise. This happened every night. My granddad would see them to bed, show them that there was no bogeyman in the wardrobe or the room. And then the kids would start running up and down the stairs screaming, saying something had ripped the blankets off the bed. Every night, the wardrobe opened, and the blankets went flying. But my grandparents didn't believe them. The neighbours kept hammering on the wall because of the noise and my granddad feared being reported and evicted. Seeing the kids to bed again, he went next door and apologised, said, the kids are playing up and they've been told to behave, so can you stop knocking on the wall? It's driving us mad. The old man replied, I thought it was you knocking. I thought the war had sent you by armour and I'd been too afraid to say anything. He said the noise was coming from the chimney stack. My granddad went white. He suddenly realised there was actually something in the house. He came back in. He didn't tell my nan what the neighbours said. He just assured her that everything would be fine. And that night, with the kids finally asleep and my granny in bed, he sat downstairs by a coal fire and waited. Suddenly, the room grew cold and he felt a presence behind him. In broken English, a German boy said, I am a soldier you shot in the war. Don't turn around because I'm not a pretty sight, but I just want you to know that I bear you no malice. My grandfather was petrified, and there was no way he was turning round. The German added, Tomorrow night, I'll meet you here by the fire and shake your hand. If you do this for me, then I'll go. The room grew warm again. My granddad ran upstairs to cower under the covers. My granddad spent the night under the covers until daylight, and the next morning they fled, leaving everything behind. He moved them all out and into a house near Manchester United's ground. He swore that if he ever met that German by the fire, then it would have been the last thing he ever did. Personally, I wonder if it was PTSD, but it doesn't explain the kids' wardrobe, she said, while the door's opening and the blankets being pulled from the bed every night, or the hammering on the walls. My father asked him years later if he could have killed the soldier, and my granddad said, yeah, I shot people in the German trenches. We all did. It was war. I know so many of you out there can relate to tonight's episode. And I know so many of you who've had events they cannot explain. I don't have the answers yet on why it runs in families. I will have to continue to save these experiences and hope over time the answers revealed. Until then, I can continue to share them with you as you share your experiences with me and others. We have a real chance now to make a change how witnesses are treated when they come forward. I always felt I should apologise for my experiences, you know, so do many of the people I talk to. When in fact the opposite should be true. We should rejoice in each and every truth that's revealed. After all, it'd be a travesty if stories like these were lost in the ethos of time. To everyone out there going through events like these, just know you're not alone. Together, we can make a real difference. A statement that will be silenced no more 
Good night, everyone. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.